0: Hello, and welcome to the Human Awareness Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Haya, and this is our fourth season.
1: Hi there. We have spent the last three seasons welcoming brilliant, vulnerable, and thoughtful people to share their stories. We've loved hearing what they have learned about their own human journey through love, intimacy, and sexuality.
0: The Human Awareness Podcast can't replace the depth of learning that happens in one of our workshops at the Human Awareness Institute. But we hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do.
1: Mm, I love that. Shall we get started with the interview?
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: Hello, you beautiful listeners. Um, As we were starting to edit this podcast, I realized that uh, I'm a noob and I managed to completely select the wrong microphone when we were recording this episode with Kate um as a result i sound a little bit echoey and a little bit um uh like i'm far away from the microphone because i am um please forgive me uh i think the episode is still good enough uh i might be a little bit hard to hear but honestly we're here to listen to kate anyway so uh, (laughs) um i hope it all works out have a beautiful day and uh let's roll tape we're recording. We're rolling. We're here. We're doing yeah, it.
0: We're doing it. It's been a little while. Yeah, I'm not sure if I
1: remember how to talk anymore.
0: I know, I, we're gonna have to brush off the old uh, web, the cobwebs on our. See, there we go. We've got to <laughs> brush off. the to <laughs> Thanks for making the time, though. Hi, I'm excited to be with you again.
1: Yeah, me too. It's delightful to um, to be able to spend some time with you again.
0: Yeah. And we're coming together at a very poignant time for me. This is my very last day as marketing director for High today. Wait,
1: what? What? <laughs> what? How is that even possible? I know. Yeah, no, I've um, I've known for a hot minute that you are uh, on your way out of the door. And I've got to say, um, I'm really sad.
0: Yeah, I am too.
1: And I mean, I know you're going for good reasons. and I would like to ask you about where you're off to. Yeah. Uh, but I I still feel the little stompy child inside me going, No, don't do
0: <laughs> Well, I, I think you are in a unique position in High in that I'm gonna continue this one project with you. So I'm so grateful for that that we're gonna continuing doing some podcasting once I go on a vacation and then come back refreshed. But um yeah, it's it's surreal. I've been in this role for five years and where it started, both in terms of what the job was, but also in terms of who I was as a young woman, I just, it's so much has changed and so much growth has occurred. And, um, I, I feel like I grew up in a lot of ways in this job and, um, it, it contributed to who I am as a person on a very deep level. So it's, it's a huge moment in my life to be, to be saying goodbye and be wrapping it up. Um, but I'm also very excited for the next step. And I've been just loved up on today and all week and all month. And uh, I mean, really for five years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I just I, I walked into a, our executive weekly meeting and it was full of people from high who I've worked with over the years as a surprise Going away party on Zoom this morning, and my jaw just fell to the floor, and tears fell out of my eyes, and they just showered me with appreciation and reflection. And um, all of my colleagues and friends and high had put together this really sweet slideshow of all these little cards that people had made of pictures and sayings, and they put it to music, and I just bawled for 10-15 minutes. It was glorious. <laughs>
1: hmm. Yeah. It's kind of perfect. So what, what are you going up to do? Uh, if I'm, I'm, I know, but I'm sure our listeners will be very curious.
0: Yeah. So I'm fully transitioning into my therapeutic work. I've been in grad school for the last three years, earning my master's in marriage and family therapy. So, um, which has really been lovely and has dovetailed into a lot of my work within high, um, which should be no shock to anyone. Um, but you know, I, as much as I love marketing and the creativity around that and how much I've loved working with in high, frankly, I don't think I would have stayed in marketing as long as I did, except that I just loved, loved, loved being part of this high community. Um, but my, I think my, ultimately my, my passion and my, my best skills are when I'm with people and connecting with people. So I'm really looking forward to moving into that realm a little bit more fully full time working with clients.
1: Yeah. So what, what kind of thing are you doing? Like what, what is your, uh, do you have a a specialism or like? Yeah. So
0: um, my degree is in marriage and family therapy and there are other kinds of therapy, clinical, mental health, psychiatry, things like that. So I'm focused on families and the family system. And I'm really excited to be working with couples in particular. Um, I've always had an interest in human sexuality, which is ultimately what led me too high, did research in human sexuality in my undergrad and while in my master's program. And um, I got trained or I'm in the process of being trained in emotionally focused therapy, which is a, a modality in therapy that um, looks at attachment as a primary driving source for all of our behaviors in relationship. And um, emotionally focused therapy has a bunch of techniques and philosophies that build from that awareness that we all need secure attachment in our lives. And so yeah. it's great for working with couples and families. Um, I also had exposure this semester to play therapy and I had thought for a long time. I was really disinterested in adults and primarily couples. And I didn't expect to want to work with kids, even though I love kids and can't wait to be a mom someday, but I just didn't think it was going to be part of my work and I ended up loving it. So I'm, Considering part uh, part of my internship will be working with kids, which I'm excited for. So we'll see. I'm, I'm going to kind of dabble in that and see if maybe I'll also have a part of my practice that's focused on kids. And um, but ultimately, I'm trained to see the whole family system and and um, primarily focused on human sexuality.
1: I love it. Yeah, well, I can't wait for you to uh, to fully find your feet in that. I think. I mean, everything I know about you makes me think you're going to be extraordinarily good at that. And
0: uh,
1: it's beautiful to see you take your skills and apply them in a new place.
0: Thanks, Haya. And I'm just reflecting on how cool it will be to listen back to this episode in years to come and see myself as a baby therapist. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see how my interests evolve and change. And I've so been supported in so many of my skills Too high, you know. I imagine you can relate to that. It's like
1: absolutely
0: just been such a springboard for so much of my personal growth. So I'm sure I will be back in workshops, hopefully with you. I would
1: love to do a workshop with you in the future. We still haven't. We We still haven't. Seems like that is almost impossible, but I guess here we are.
0: I know, I know. And you just was recently in a workshop. How was that for you? You were on an online workshop, which is a whole nother new world within
1: i mean i'll be honest i i hate online workshops with the passion of a thousand (laughs) suns and i think that has nothing to do with high and i think it has everything to do with you know for my work i spend day in day out on zoom and the last thing i want is to spend more time on zoom yeah especially in a world where you know it's about emotional connection and i uh after after high restarted workshops um when uh, people started getting vaccinated and people started getting a little bit of a handle on this pandemic that's been going around. Um, I've gone to a bunch of workshops, actually. I did... um, Yeah, uh, yeah, I've done all but uh, the eighth one now. Um, And it's been... It continues to be life-changing work. And Mm -hmm. it's been really beautiful. There was one... um, The sixth one, which is all about um, creating loving community, which hits me in a way that I wasn't really expecting, kind of Mm -hmm. evaluating the people I surround myself with and the communities I am in. And I came to some conclusions there about, you know, the things I want and the things I absolutely don't want Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the thing that High continues to be so good at, holding up a mirror and like, hey, the thing you're doing is that actually what you want to be doing? Yeah, And there's like always an invitation to say, well, if it's not, are you going to make some changes? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, yes, I'm going to make some changes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that That's so well said. I think that's one of my absolute favorite things that I've experienced and taken away from high workshops is the complete accepting but also probing environment in which that's the question, you know, what are you doing and are you happy with what you're doing and what can you do to shift it if not? And never without any kind of formula or prescribed outcome, right? Like it's you who has to formulate what's right for you, but the the consistent kind of mirror that they hold up. Yeah. I think that's really well said. So you're looking at community and tell me a little bit about what you're exploring in that area in terms of, your personal growth and what you want to be doing or not be doing.
1: Yeah. I, I guess this is still kind of work in progress for me, but where yeah. I'm at right now is kind of just, you know, taking a look, where am I, where am I spending my energy and my resources? And does that feel good? Yeah. And I realized um, I'm in a few sex positive communities uh, where it's very much in expansive mode, right? It's a meeting new people making new connections. And I, you know, somebody I was in the workshop with asked me a really good question, which was, do you have enough time for your existing connections? Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a very painful question because I don't. What am I doing seeking out new connections, seeking out new humans to love on when I barely have enough time for the ones I do have, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that actually triggered a whole bunch of changes in my life. I took, um, I looked at my calendar and I was like, wait a minute. I've signed up and said yes to so many things that I, I don't really know if I wanted to say yes to those. Mm. And so I've actually started canceling stuff, clearing mm. my calendar, saying no to things, mm. to explicitly make space for the things I do want to explore. And you mentioned play therapy, and I think there's something really interesting that actually dovetails with this a mm. little bit. To me, play is uh, activity without an intended outcome i mm, love that definition. yeah and that's essentially a lot of the time what you do in high workshops yeah they are very playful because you don't really know there's no you know you can't do a high workshop wrong you right. can choose to not participate in a single exercise and you're still doing it right because you're exercising your choice right right and i think that's really beautiful yeah and um you mentioned the online workshop i've been to Uh, And that's actually an advanced communications workshop, uh, or advanced communication training is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a really interesting thing that came up for me in that, which was, it was very much about creating deep connections with people and doing like very high level, very advanced um, uh, active listening and being Mm -hmm. really present with people. And that was beautiful and he, I, I think it's actually one of the few online experiences that I felt was really hard connected hmm. which you know given the bar I have for these things is actually kind of an extraordinary concession to me going okay fine <laughs> online is okay <laughs> but um yeah it was it was really really powerful for me
0: really powerful yeah Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you. I think online, especially when you know what an in-person workshop at high feels like, which is just like sensory overload in terms of how delicious it is, um, online can feel a little two-dimensional. But I think that what I've noticed high kind of grappling with is like, okay, we only have this one kind of 3D world Online when we're on when we're doing online workshops. And so how do we then take the content deeper and have it be a little bit more skills based and have it be, you know, self reflection oriented and a little bit more about, you know, your own inner world, more than just the interpersonal and, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways I keep saying high's online programs are in startup mode right now. You know, they the idea and the launch happened during the pandemic and we're still refining and building and learning. And it will be a while until those workshops, I think, come anywhere near close to the magic that happens in the workshop room just because it takes times for things to develop, right? Like any new thing, it's gonna take time to blossom. But I love what you're saying about um you know, going into communication. Cause what, I mean, like communication can happen on so many levels, right. On the verbal level, on the nonverbal level, on the soul level. Um, and, what is it to really slow down and, and hear not just the words somebody is saying, but the, the deeper meaning and the deeper message. Um,
1: yeah, in
0: in that there is play, there's connection, there's meaning. I mean, frankly, there's a big connection there with therapy, right? I mean, that, that is what it's about. It's about that, what the magic that can be created between two people when you slow down and really be intentional about understanding and hearing the other person.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and I found actually a corollary for that as well recently where... So I, um, I've um i been in therapy throughout the entire pandemic because, you know... Uh, right. Therapy. We all should <laughs> <Also>, have... <laughs> that makes. Uh, but we, I met my therapist over Zoom and last week we had this... Uh, the first time of meeting in person. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, yeah. So um, I actually took a break from therapy because I, you know, I had a bunch of uh, sessions with, with her where... I was essentially just regurgitating what had happened to me and how I dealt with challenges and issues. Yeah. And at some point she was like, "Um, what are you still getting out of this therapy? And I was like, you know what? That's a really good question. I, hmm. But I also am such a um, loud proponent of therapy that I feel like I was. it, it would feel a little bit hypocritical for me to stop. Hmm. And she offered me a reframe, which was like, well, are you going to stop doing the work? Or are you just going to stop seeing me? I was like oh yeah that's a good point I still go to workshop I still meditate I still have so I'm definitely still doing the work I'm just not doing the work with a therapist Right. anyway so something really big came up for me in a high workshop where I haven't been activated like that in years mm. in years and it kind of took me by surprise and I kind of left the room and I breath- I was breathing for a bit and then when I came back into the room I had this moment of like I need to talk to my therapist about this Mm. Because this is too big for me to put on somebody else in this workshop room. Mm. And it is something that I think she has a lot of context for. Anyway, I um, mm. I managed to schedule some time with her. And um, by the time we finally did, I'd kind of figured it all out myself. Mm. Um, and the other part of this was that the reason it took us a while to schedule was that I really, really wanted to do it do it in person. And yeah. uh, At some point, she was like, well, I actually had this week off, but... Uh, you know what's happening. I would love to go for a hike with you. So I said, "Okay, let's go into the redwoods." So we went on like a ninety-minute hike through the redwoods together, um, which was such a delightful way to meet her and her little dog and uh, just just connecting that way. Nice. And it wasn't really therapy, but it was also not really a friendly walk. And at the end of the walk, she had this beautiful um, reflection back. She's like, "Well, you've done a lot of talking, and you know, I haven't said that much. How does that land on you?" I was like, "Well." I recognize that you need to keep a little bit of distance as a therapist and I want to keep you as my therapist if I need you in the future and I don't want to burn that by us being too friendly and she was like I'm super glad to hear that because that's what I think is going on here Like, perfect and so it was kind of a a strange hike with a friend but not (laughs) so that was uh, that was interesting
0: yeah recently um my husband asked me what and you know he loves to kind of ask probing questions. He's like, "Wouldn't it be better if everyone in workshops just went to therapy?" Mm-hmm. And and I said, "Look, I I just invested thousands of dollars, hours and hours of my life to get a degree to be a therapist." Mm-hmm. And 100%, I think that there are some things that happen in a workshop room that I couldn't even t- begin to fathom or try and touch yeah. as an individual therapist. I mean, the group setting and the experiential exercises that are, you know, that there's permission for in a, in a space like high just cannot be done in a therapeutic office. And the opposite is also true, right? Like having someone who knows how to hold space, um, in a way that it's about you and not the therapist, right? Like in a work it's a two-way relationship when you engage with someone and um and that's what's beautiful about it. that's the power of it. so yeah, I think they complement each other really well and I love that you are allowing yourself the freedom to kind of move between them and you know, workshops are not all about healing they are also about play and exploration and you know community um and I think therapy also on the flip side can be more than just like healing past trauma but um, yeah they complement each other really well so i love that you're allowing yourself to move between them like that
1: yeah well and i am kind of new in a journey of polyamory right um, yeah. relatively new and it turns out high makes for a really beautiful container for exploration mm-hmm. um i mean i think three of my last five like meaningful relationships have been people i met via high Mm -hmm. and i think there was something magical about people showing up fully heart open with the assumption that hey we are in this giant experimentation space it is such a safe container to 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 meet someone right and it's very strange sometimes you end up having like knowing everything about somebody's traumas but not knowing their last name
0: Right, right. It's like, oh, that's,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or anything about their, you know, kind of day-to-day life. You skip right through it. And...
1: Right. Like, I have no idea what you do for a living, but I know what happened to you <laughs> yeah. when you were 19 kind of thing. <laughs> right, totally. Um, well, and the flip side is true, true as well, right? My two kind of most meaningful relationships now, one of them I met at high, and it's been such a slowly developing, luscious relationship that I'm just so excited about, and um, and the other one has kind of gone on for a little bit longer. Uh, but I am actually introducing her to a workshop and bringing her along in June. Not because I pushed, but because she asked. And she's like, hey, I know high is really important to you. And I see the amount of change that's happened to you and the things you talk about that you've learned at high. Hmm. Would you take me to a workshop? I'd love to share that space with you. Nice. And of course, I left at the possibility because it sounds luscious to share that space with her. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of reflecting on that. This is something that happens in, in several directions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we had kind of chatted a little bit right before jumping on here about endings, just because that's so poignant for me right now. But I I think that the connection to what I'm hearing right now about that is, is, you know, what we need changes over time. Right. And who we're with and who we're relating to and, Who we are, you know, like it changes. And I think that that's been one of my other favorite things about high is, you know, there are these nine in person levels, but when you repeat them, they're different each time, right? Because you're different and what you need and what you are taking from it evolves. And I love repeating level one because who I was when I was 21, taking level one for the first time is totally different from who I am today. And, you know, (laughs) it's a little cheesy, but. There's that beautiful song in Pocahontas of you can't step in the same river twice because the mm-hmm. river is always changing. Um, and I think that's true in personal growth work, workshops. You know, even if the content or the script is the same, what you get out of it evolves. And so I love that you're bringing a, a, a partner into that space. And, and that changes how you show up too, right? Like going alone versus with somebody um, it makes it – so rich in a different way uh and both are rich but yeah they the other person reflects and brings out and you know uh encourages and and triggers and all of those things
1: yeah and i mean i think that is part of the richness and the and the beauty and the interestingness right um i think it's just uh I, i think i just have this constant curiosity about how the people around me show up for themselves and for each other and Mm -hmm. um, like in this communications workshop uh, and I'm pretty sure they wouldn't describe it this way but I will um, it feels like they basically took the entire room full of people there was about I'm guessing about 30 of us doing the course Mm -hmm. Um, and they just activated all of us there was like (laughs) a writing prompt which was like oh think of a time when you XYZ right and it was something that was like definitely designed to to trigger or activate Mm. and then immediately after you get thrown into an exercise to talk to somebody and and do active listening yeah there wasn't a dry eye in the room kate and (laughs) i think it takes a particularly um as an organization it takes a particularly strong sense of self and a strong faith in the organization and the people who are there to be able to look after themselves, to to take thirty people, you know, activate them all to like outside of their um, envelope of tolerance, mm-hmm. and then say, "Hey, this is your chance to really kind of support each other through this." And of course, that was the training, right? That is exactly what this training is for. But I'm like, wow, that's a that's a hell of a thing to be able to do, and to and to have a good container for. I thought it was extraordinarily powerful.
0: Hmm. I'm so glad to hear that. And I can understand why that would be powerful. I think it sounds like they helped you get in touch with something really real and raw and then share it with somebody else or be, were you listened to, or were you in the role of being, of listening?
1: Um, both. So it's kind yeah. of, you know, uh, you kind of, uh, you speak, or you listen, or you observe. Those are kind of the three roles. And the observer just gets the benefit of not having to say anything, just kind of listen very carefully. Yeah. Uh, and the speaker and the listener does well the speaking and the listening. Yeah. But um, yeah, active, okay. like helping validate what the other person is feeling and thinking. Active listening, you know, it's it's a skill set that is uh, it's not new to me. Um, I mean being a journalist and running these podcasts and all that kind of stuff means that there's a lot of active listening that's happening anyway but doing like a full weekend of that on the trot to kind of practice i was exhausted yeah yeah by saturday and sunday and um i actually shared the course with with um one of my partners uh, she was also there and um at, on sunday night we uh, we we hung out together i'm just kind of we were like husks of ourselves but also in this really like wow we we learned something we accomplished something here kind of way Mm. um and of course at the end of that we were able to have some really beautiful connections and and conversations about some pretty sticky stuff in in our lives and in our relationship
0: Mm. and
1: i think that was definitely primed by spending a whole day like with your heart very very close to the surface of your skin
0: Yeah. I, I have felt that way too. Like when I leave for a workshop, there's an element I'm aware now having done this enough that when I come home, there's almost like a second workshop of, of integrating what I've just experienced into my daily life, you know, um, and bringing the lessons and sharing the lessons with people that I love. And, you know, I think that's why it can be so rich to bring people into the workshops themselves because they get it Mm -hmm. on a deeper level of, you know, like what this is all about and they have their own experience and their own learnings. But, um, yeah, bringing it home is, is, is really important and special part of the process. It is part of the growing is not, you know, you don't stop growing just because you leave the room zoom or otherwise, you know, um, I I'm enjoying kind of, uh, you know, flitting around, kind of playing, reflecting on what's so powerful about these workshops because, you know, we've spent – and I'm also reflecting at the same time about how far we've come since the beginning of this podcast. You know, it's fun for me to reflect back over the last five years of how much of my time has been spent on bringing this work to people out in the world, you know, and highlighting – Exactly what you're talking about. You know that the, there's power to consciously practicing some of the practicing some of the fundamentals of what it is to be human, right? Uh, communication and listening and vulnerability and making choices for ourselves and all of these things that um, you know have decorated my mind for the last several years as I kind of usher this out into the world along with the rest of our team. Um, And also, you know, just as your friend listening to you now versus when we first started this podcast, you know, like what you're willing to share, what I'm willing to share, the context in which our lives have unfolded and like the magnificence of where you are, where I am in terms of kind of moving towards our full embodiment and full genuine expression of self you know like compared to when we started doesn't it feel like we've come a long way um, yeah not
1: totally and I yeah. think in particular that reflection for me is uh you know I recently listened back to some of our early episodes and I'm, yeah. I'm hearing how shy and reserved I am about these things yeah and I think you know my emotional landscape has gotten a lot more complex deeper valleys higher peaks Mm. but also i think my self-confidence has gone up yeah it's not that i feel like there's zero risk involved with sharing some of these things but also i think i just have fewer shits to give about what people think of me yeah (laughs) there's a little bit of that as well where i'm like no i'm i'm actually really comfortable in my skin and i'm saying these things in full integrity, knowing that I have, you know, myself to hold myself accountable. And that feels powerful.
0: It is powerful. Yeah. I turned 29 this year. And so it's my last year of my twenties. And one of my friends asked during my birthday party, you know, okay, what do you want your last year of your twenties to be? And I'm so excited to turn 30. Like, and part of that is because of what you're saying like i feel like the older i get the more i am okay with completely honoring me you know and so 30 is going to be about being unapologetically me and there's the the way in which we you know present ourselves but but more than that it's the do I know myself? Do I take the time to slow down and check in and, and then be honest and vulnerable with people about what I'm really needing, you know, and circling back to what you were talking about of like taking things off your calendar, you know, having the courage to just slash things that aren't really serving you. Um, there's maturity in that, you know, whether it's your thirties or forties or fifties, when you learn it, you know, I think that, Uh, there's so much power in that. And I, I can imagine part of that must have come from high. It certainly does for me, you know, this feeling of, I matter, like what I want and need and who I am and what I'm about. There's just, it's no longer filtered the same way it used to be in an attempt to please others, you know?
1: Right. I mean, and that's still definitely present for me. I I thought it was funny earlier when you said thirty is going to be about being unapologetically me, and I was like, "Okay, being forty is about being unapologetically me." You have a ten-year head start on me, and I am so fucking happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Because that, I mean, I think that is such a gift to have gotten to where you are now. hmm. When I know that that is what I am also aspiring to. Yeah. Um. I, I feel that like that whenever I run into people who are much younger than me at workshops um, mm-hmm. where I'm like, Ugh, you are 26 years old and you are experiencing this. I'm like, I really, really wish 26 year old higher would have found something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I feel fortunate in that. I hope like children get elements of these skills early on. You know, I think the younger you can get it, the better, but you know, the other thing I'm aware of is okay, so my 30s are about being unapologetically me. Probably s- it still will be when I'm in my 40s, right? Like,
1: I think in your 40s, you'll be unapolog- un- unapologetically someone else. It's <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of your acting career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what I mean, right? Like re- we return to these themes over and over again because they are what it is to be human, right? Like yeah. it is. A constant practice to return to oneself and, and honor oneself and be in loving, thriving, healthy, interdependent relationship, right? Like that's the balance. How do I both honor one myself Mm -hmm. and honor the other as you know, and, and in balance and in together and in the dance of life. Yeah, totally. We don't go through it alone. Um, we are all part of the web.
1: Yeah. Well, and this is this is part of the... Like, one of my newer partners and I, we recently had a, a safer sex conversation after we'd been dating for several months. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were, like, all up in each other's shit, but we hadn't actually... We decided not to be sexual. Um, because that didn't feel right yet. Mm-hmm. And comparing that to the stories I had, like... Even not that long ago, about like what what happens if you're dating someone for three months and you haven't connected sexually yet? Mm, yeah. Like, does that say something about me? Does that say something about the other person? Do they not want me? But early on, we we level set. It like, hey, you seem pretty saucy, and I kind of want to do stuff with you, and I'm not in a rush. Yeah. And just being able to get that out there, and then letting the uh, the relationship develop in other directions and other uh, dimensions now has set us up to a a place of like a really quite deep degree of honesty and vulnerability and openness and that kind of stuff um it's been really beautiful,
0: Kay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I was talking with a grad school friend the other day we were at a coffee shop trying to finish all our final papers and um we had been in a couples counseling course and one of our classes last week towards the very end of the semester which I thought was interesting I think it was intentional the teacher brought up the topic of non-monogamy. And you know, we're a very diverse group of students. There's probably 40 kids and people in this class and kids, (laughs) people in this class, uh, you know, various different cultures and races and sexual identities and sexual orientations and religious backgrounds. And, and the two students who had been responsible for our reading discussion that week, who were supposed to lead the, the conversation began with, you know, kind of a vulnerable, like, um, share of this topic really took them outside their comfort zones because both of them were catholic and it was just like from their perspective a totally like almost new idea that they had never been exposed to before it was this idea of ethical non-monogamy and there are several people in the room including myself who are happily partnered and or poly and or have experimented with open relating in the past who you know shared our perspectives and it was a wonderfully rich conversation really respectful really thoughtful so anyways then the next weekend i was with a friend and she's kind of trying this on for size like what would that be like to you know open up her relationship and um one of the things i always again and again and i certainly experienced this and continue to experience this but the question of like or the experience of going from this kind of like unconscious everybody knows it script of what a relationship is right like in very stark terms between man and woman you meet you date you kiss you hug you get into a relationship 2 years later you're married you have kids you know like there is a pretty strong cultural script about what relationships look like and as soon as you throw that out it is a little disorienting because it's like well who are my models? How do I do this? Right. And and I think it's an extraordinary time to be exploring this because we're making it up as we go, you know, like there's there's no one way to do this. And um, I think that's what makes it exciting, but also terrifying. Uh, and, and I think that leaning into one sense of choice, right? Like, and that's the other thing that ties us back to high for me is, High emboldens people to to look for all of the gray area, all of the choice that exists in the nuances. And you just described that so beautifully. Like, what if we date, but we but we don't rush right into sex? Like, what would that do? And that like one small decision has a huge amount of ripple effects in terms of the assumptions that you're breaking about what a relationship is and how it's supposed to go. You
1: know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I also had a, a separate conversation with somebody um, not that long ago that um, that uh, used to be a sex worker. Mm. And I, you know, we're pretty good friends and I kind of wanted to check an assumption. I was like, look, do you, do you enjoy sex in your personal life? And I thought it was just such an interesting... I mean, that shows my judgment, right, and what I know. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it was the beginning of a really rich and beautiful and meaningful conversation about what sexual connection means and doesn't mean in different contexts. Yeah. And I feel like those are the types of conversations that I, I mean, five year old, five year ago me would have never talked to sex, talked to anybody about sex ever. Yeah, and now i'm having really deep and rich conversations and i i just find that really really fascinating how much uh how much i internalize taboos about sexuality in general but also how much i just honestly misunderstood because i never felt i could ask anybody and i think that's been a really interesting thing within the high workshop you know it's it's not all about sexuality, but sexuality is an important part of being a human. Mm-hmm. And you know, the organization is called the Human Awareness Institute. So <laughs> there's definitely some humanity in the middle of all that. <laughs> but I feel like it it opens the door for being able to approach a human as a full human, including yeah. you know uh, their energetic selves and their spiritual selves and their sexual selves and their intellectual selves and the, the like the rich tapestry of experience and traumas and all the things that makes us us and just have permission to ask questions and to have conversations and trust the other person to say, you know what, I don't want to talk about that.
0: Yeah. Well, and once you start breaking open the conversations you're allowed to have or not allowed to have it, the possibilities for exploration and redefinition are endless, you know, like it's, it's triggering the thought in me of, talking with my husband about like assumptions we may or may not hold about child raising, you know, as a woman yeah. or as a male, um, what are our roles going to look like? And what are the assumptions we have about how, you know, things like college or sports or friendship or, you know, skills we want to instill. I mean, we've been exploring all of that because uh, so often people enter into things like parenthood or sexual relationships or friendships or marriage or, you know, whatever it is, whatever role we're taking on. And and we bring with that a whole slew of assumptions of what it's supposed to be like. And, and it's fun for me to like, start to recognize how those assumptions live all over our lives. Yeah. And then begin to unpack them and, and ask the question, does that assumption serve me? Is that what I want? Or am I just inheriting it from somebody,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. If you, as a human, decide to inherit the entire institution of marriage, right, like from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and all the kind of things that come with that, you are also inheriting a bunch of patriarchy. You're inheriting a bunch of other things that you may not have chosen, but that are just present in these institutions for the sake of how those institutions came about. Right. You know, the story of why we give diamonds in engagement rings is kind of horrifying because yes. it doesn't make sense today. And yes, you know, that is still part of the part of the story and part of the uh, culture and part of the tradition. Right. And so I feel like through polyamory and through lots of other things that are happening in society, you know. It's being okay to question one's own gender, and it's being okay to explore sexuality in other things that are just heteronormative. I feel like we have opened a door to asking why to a lot more things, mm. and I think only good things are going to come from that. Mm. Um, and even if. Uh, you and your husband choose to say, you know what, we're not going to be in an open relationship, using the tools that you have from having open related in the past, and from having conversations uh, in a high context and therapeutic context and all that kind of stuff, I think you you will probably find yourself in a stronger, more powerful relationship, even yeah. if it's fully monogamous. You just haven't, you've chosen not to inherit all the structures of the institution of marriage by default, you pick the ones you want and you discard the others.
0: Right. It is a conscious choice at that point rather than just, um, yeah, moving with the motions. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, um, we're, we're asking why more often. And I hope that that's something that continues. I, I get the sense that the generation even below me you know or maybe two generations now i think gen z is like in college these days which blows my mind but um you know gen alpha who are elementary school kids right now there there's an element of freedom i think in their exploration of who they're going to be what assumptions they take on you know there's a more and more i think people are feeling the freedom to define themselves for who they want to be rather than based on a culture that sets it for them. So at least I hope so. That's my, that's my vision for the future. Yeah. Oh, I love chatting with you. And, um, it's been such a delightful way to kind of bring my role in this to a close to reflect on these themes and, and the power of this organization, because it has been so life-changing for me. And this podcast has been such a wonderful aspect of that, you know, having, I don't know, 40 people on the podcast at this point share their stories and their visions and their skills and their knowledge. It's I've grown so much through it and have so enjoyed it. So I thank you, Haya, for getting me into it. I remember our first phone call where you called and said, I want to volunteer for Hi and I think we should do a podcast. <laughs> and yep. I was
1: like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well and that's a long ass time ago. I don't even really remember on that when that was, but it was several years
0: ago now. I think probably three years it was before the pandemic. So yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Which means it's 9,000 years ago. Let's be
0: honest. <laughs> Century later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I, I hear rumors that uh, you might be back from the podcast at some point.
0: There may be some rumors floating around about that. I, I think I'm going to let myself go. I'm going to go to Europe and, Play and relax and breathe, and then, um, yes, I think I will be back if you will
1: have me. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Um, I really love co-hosting these with you because I yeah. think it is really helpful to have uh, more than one voice, right? Um, and I think part of that is like I don't know what I don't know. Mm, yeah. And you know, I I'm a white dude. Yeah. Most, you know, mostly cis, cis, mostly head, white dude. And there's only so much of my own blind spots I'm aware of. And it has been such a powerful uh, thing to have you present as well in in this Mm. space as somebody who is, uh, you know, of a different gender than me, who's uh, quite a bit younger than me. But also, you have a really different lived experience. And I think Mm. those two things really help. I mean, that doesn't mean that we have the full breadth of
0: representation
1: representation covered, um, but it is definitely way better than you or me doing them on our own, I think.
0: Right. Well, for our identities and also for our personalities and yeah, our lived life experience, as you said, I, I think it's been a delight to kind of share Share the mic with you and um, explore with you, and and some of my favorite episodes have been when just you and I get on here and talk. I don't know if other people listening feel that way, but I I think they do, and I think part of it is just because it's been a it's been a really organic growth of a friendship on a podcast you know and it's just yeah. hitting me that that's kind of an, a unique situation I don't know how many people grow a friendship over a podcast but it certainly feels like that's been our story well I like
1: that and now I kind of want to go back and listen to a few episodes through that lens it's like yeah. huh. baby Kate and baby Haya getting to know each other while interviewing <laughs> uh other guests is, yeah. is actually really fun
0: yeah. Well, and we, our whole intention when we set out with this podcast was to model and engage and practice in open, honest, vulnerable conversations, right? That was the whole point. And I think our guests have blown us away in their willingness to engage us on that level. And I think that the two of us have certainly played in that realm together. And I'm, I, it's a treasure for me. These, these episodes are, will be a lifelong treasure because of that.
1: Mm, yeah. I love that. Hmm. I mean, as they say in the workshops, all endings equal new beginnings. So, hello. So,
0: hello. (laughs) Hello again, and uh, goodbye, and hello again, over and over. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, Kate, um, I believe the reason you're taking off for a while is to go on your honeymoon, and I just want to cheer you on as you careen through Europe and drink Mm -hmm. life to its fullest. Uh, what a wonderful way to celebrate a new marriage and your love with, uh, with your husband. Thank
0: you. I'm looking forward to it. I'll send you pictures for sure. Oh,
1: yes, please.
0: <laughs> and enjoy the start to your summer. We'll be in touch soon.
1: Yes. Cheers.
0: Cheers.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Human Awareness Podcast. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, please visit our website at hi.org. That is I.org.
0: As always, it was a pleasure to have you with us. See, See you, you soon. soon.